Hey everybody, this is Jeff Smith, creator of Bone and artistic director for the comics festival CXC. And you're listening to Heroes Home Base Podcast. All right, let's do it, boys. Well, everybody, welcome to um, another live signing event. Um, we are the guys from Here's Home Base Podcast. Uh, I'm Rob. I'm Mark. I'm Rich. And we got a special, special guest with us today, the one and only Jeff Smith. Yeah. Love you, Jeff. Hey. <laughs> and we have in the background the one and only Tom from Cartoon Books. Say hello, Tom. Hello, everybody. Hey, Tom. They love you, Tom. They love you, Tom. All right. So, Rob, why don't you take it away, man? So, I think this is going to be kind of a combination, right? Signing as well as just kind of one of our interviews with um, other comic folks. So Jeff, we really appreciate you letting us kind of facilitate this and it's kind of the kickoff event to um, CXC. Do you want to say a little bit about what that is so folks can kind of learn a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah, CXC or Cartoon Crossroads Columbus is a festival that myself, my wife, and uh, our friend Lucy Caswell, who's the uh, founding curator of the Billy Island cartoon, Library and Museum. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a cartoon festival that we've done every year. This is the sixth year. But of course, this year it'll be in cyberspace. It'll be online. Um, but the idea is to get all the institutions in town, all the art institutions like CCAD or the Columbus Art Museum, um, the Wexner Center and the Billy Ireland and others um, who were already, you know, having uh, world-class cartoonists come and speak to their uh, members or their students. And we just had this idea of like, why don't we all have this great guest list on the same weekend and try to you know, make Columbus a, a go-to place in the fall. And it's, it's worked pretty well so far. So the actual event this year will take place next weekend, starting Thursday, October 1st through yeah. Sunday the 4th. Uh, we have many, many guests. We have world-class guests. Um, we have interviews, we have live Q and A's, we have, uh, contests and events. It's going to be, it's going to be a strange, but really fun, fun year. And what we're doing here today is more like a, a bookend event. This is sort of like opening salvo of, Hey everybody, CXC is coming. Yeah. Let's have a good time. And so I'm, I'm loving being here on the heroes home base podcast because these guys are fun. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. This is such a privilege. Thank right, Mark, you want to dive into the interview? Absolutely. So, you know, I have, through Rich and Rob, really, they're the ones who collected Bone, and through them, I, that's how I got to know a little bit about you and your work. And so something we always like to know with, uh, with our guests is, when did you first fall in love with comics? Oh, my. Um, well, it started with the Sunday Funnies, really, because uh, I, so I grew up in the 60s, and the Peanuts on Sunday was, was everything, man. I love that. But comic books, I kind of got into comic books. I don't know, I think I was, I think six years old when the Batman show came on TV on ABC. Right. And um, Batman 66. Yeah. And I remember going to a drugstore and seeing a Batman comic on the stands. I think I thought, oh, this is a comic about the show. And I loved <laughs> it. I loved it. And that was really when I, began to like get into comic books and so probably like age six 
uh, I was hooked. Heck yeah. So we have to remember that wasn't like going to the Laughing Ogre, right? There weren't any comic book shops, specialty shops, right? So oh, long, long before the hobby shops. Long, long. This was a. This is when you went to a, a newsstand or yeah, or usually a drugstore. There'd be a huge rack with all the comics coming out. Or in my case, there was. You'd have to go up to the the pharmacist and ask him for the box. And you'd get this cardboard box out nice. and it had like, like, I don't know, a, a month's worth of the, the new comics in it. You'd wow. get like Tarzan, son of, or Korak, son of Tarzan, Uncle Scrooge, Archie comics. Oh yeah, I remember riding my bicycle all over town to drugstores trying to find comics I liked. And you're nice. based out of Columbus, correct? Yep, I grew up in Worthington. Uh, went to uh, CCAD in Ohio State and mostly lived here in German Village, uh, although I lived uh, on campus for, for a while and in California for a while as well. Yeah, I've been here in German Village for 25 years in the same house. Nice. How long were you in Cali? Uh, a little over a couple of years, a little over two years. We lived uh, at the very summit of the Santa Cruz Mountains. Nice. We had an amazing view and we, were li we lived in a redwood forest. Pretty wow. Much. wow. It was crazy. I loved it. When did you decide to do it professionally? You said you fell in love at like around six. When did you know that this is going to be like your career? Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to do it, but it also seemed kind of impractical. Um, not like, uh, not like as impractical as like being a movie star. Like, oh, I want to be a movie star. You're like, what are your chances? It was just more like impractical. Like nobody else did it. You know, I mean, right. other people want to be a rock star. I wanted to be a musician. But nobody wanted to be a comic book uh, artist in, in, in Worthington, Ohio. So um, <laughs> it was really after it was really after college, even though all throughout high school and elementary school and middle grade, I was drawing comics and I loved them. I liked telling the stories. I I had Phone Bone and his cousins; they were with me. I was drawing them on little on the margins of newspapers. But it wasn't until uh, it was really like senior year in high school, and it's like time to like really pick something. Right. I had one teacher who was a really cool art teacher. And I told him, he said, so what are you going to do? It's, it's time to make some decisions. And I said, well, I would guess um, if I want to do art, um, I guess I'd like to go see if I could work for Disney and do animation or something. And he went, Smith, you wouldn't last one day there. Damn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he was right. Uh, and, and then I began a, a career path of just being an independent operator. Uh, I did work in a lot of factories and I worked in the bookstores and, uh, but, it, but it was, I owned my own animation studio and then finally uh, with my wife, Vijaya, started up a publishing company just to publish phone. You know, I love that. I, and I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to kind of get into that. You, it's such a true success story. You know, we're big fans of Kevin Smith here on the show and he's such a true success story selling his comic books to make clerks and all that and it sounds like you've had such a journey yourself and you mentioned the living in northern california and i think i was reading your wife was had a pretty successful career in the silicon valley area yeah. she was, yep. and then she was, uh, and she became the president of your publishing company is that correct yes we uh we we she she needed to change from her from the surroundings and jobs she had here in Columbus, and she took a job. A headhunter picked her up and took her out to uh, Los Gatos, which is 
uh, sort of just outside uh, San Jose, California, in the in the Santa Cruz Mountains. And uh, she took a job at a software development company. That's what she did. She wrote software. And I sold my animation studio and had already done like four issues of Bone in Columbus and was just starting to get like notices in like comics journal or whatever. But I sold my, my animation studio to my partners. And then we got in a car and we drove across the US in like three days. Wow. wow. And it was really fun because, you know, we came out of the Santa Cruz mountains and went, you know, across uh, Nevada. And I remember we came, uh, hit California north of the Golden Gate Bridge. So as we're coming into our new home and we had to go through San Francisco to get to San Jose and the Santa Cruz Mountains. And going over that Golden Gate Bridge, I was like, we, something's about to start. We wow. are doing something right wow. now. Wow. So cool. So, so we were there and it was there that Bones started to take off. Um, I've got a book I've got to start signing here. Um, and after about two years, I was falling behind. I couldn't keep up with, but Jay was always basically my partner. Uh, she was always doing, helping me with the books and discussing every element of it with me. But at some point, you know, I was trying to draw the comics. I was doing the letters page. I was making the covers. And back in those days, there was no Photoshop. So right. we had to literally do chart pack, you know, on the lettering, uh, you know, do an overlay and put there's the bone logo and there's the bone number six. You had to make a new one of those. And I was also fulfilling orders and um, invoicing people, all that stuff. It was just crazy. So wow. I was falling behind it and Vijaya just, I, I asked her if she would consider becoming my partner full time. And it took her a while to, to do Come it. around. She came around because it was, it, was a, it was kind of a crazy idea, but she did. And thank God, because then everything just got a lot easier and it took off right after. That's awesome. That's incredible. Were you nervous to go out on your own? I wasn't, but uh, she was. <laughs> and I was just kind of a, you know, I'm just a dumb cartoonist. I'm like, let's go. Woo. <laughs> Tell her what you made or what she made you do. I always love that part. About doing the uh, she business. Said, yeah. She said, if um, if you want to do this, and I told her the story I had in mind for Bone, and she liked my characters and she knew she knew my work. And when I told her the whole story, she thought this is pretty cool. Um, I told her what I knew about the comic book publishing business, that there were people like Dave Sim who were doing it on their own, or Eastman and Laird who were doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. She said, if you were to sit down and write a business plan uh, that is good enough to show to a bank. And the bank buys, then we can then we can do this, and that's pretty much the bank. The bank fell for it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. You know, you we have a obviously. I'm from. I live in Brooklyn now, but I'm from Columbus, and Rich and Robert are still in Columbus. And you mentioned that you had sold that you had already done four issues of Bone in Columbus and you had, you know, were in Comics Journal. What's your relationship or what was your relationship like with the uh, comic book stores in Columbus now and then? Uh, there were there were more comic book stores than I really knew about. But back then, I did know about Gibb. He was working, I think he, it was right about the time when Gibb of the Laughing Over It started the Laughing Over It. Yeah. Uh, he since sold it, although he's still the manager there. Um, but I was really into Monkey's Retreat. Does anybody remember Monkey's Retreat, you guys? No, no. Okay, that was a that was a, one of the original uh, comic book stores. 
like in the 70s um, or early, I think it was the 70s, but it was definitely the early 80s. Uh, it was really a head shop. And I originally started carrying, you know, Zap comics and underground comics. And somehow they got organized. And one of them, and I'm, his name is escaping me right now, approached, huh? No, not, yeah, Rosie owned the, owned the Monkey's Retreat. But there was one uh, head shop owner who was selling, you know, Zap comics, but he approached DC and Marvel. He said, why don't you sell directly to us and it'll be non-returnable. And that way we'll, they, we can get our comics. Because remember, remember when I was saying I would ride my bicycle around looking for comics at different stores? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was because you might get an issue of Batman that's drawn by Neil Adams. And then the next one, you know, it's a continuation story. You know, he's in a death trap or something. And you go find the next one and you don't ever see it. Right, it doesn't yeah. show up, but the, the pharmacist didn't give a shit. So he didn't pick up. <laughs> so you know, he would miss one. Okay, well, the direct market that came out of all these head shops getting together meant that you would always get every issue. And that was a that was a big motivation for the movement that for, of the direct market. We've got a question. Can I interject real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Cody Hodge or Hodge, sorry. Uh, it says Bone Netflix question mark. Will there be a show? Can you give any updates? There will be a show. Uh, the the update. I mean, the pandemic. We didn't get started before the pandemic, and unfortunately, that did slow us down. Um, but. So for a couple of months, we were just kind of spinning our wheels thinking, is this is the pandemic going to go away? Am I going to, you know, am I going to be able to get on a plane and, and fly out to L.A. and, and work with these guys? Uh, we realized after a while that we, I was not going to be able to. And um, so we started, we started working remotely and starting to learn how to do Zoom. So we have a couple of guys that we've hired, um, some actually really fantastic people whose names will be known by, especially by people that love animation i i can't say because i don't want to spoil netflix's right their thunder. But unfortunately unfortunately we had a slow start but it, we're totally going now uh, it would be earliest 2022 in the fall before we got anything on the air because it takes like two years to do a, a, an animation okay so who are we signing to now let's do a book here all right i'm doing a book right as we speak i am signing to someone named sam I don't have any more information than that. Who wants a drawing of Smiley Bone chilling on the roof? And I've got that happening. He wanted it on a backing board, but I didn't bring any backing boards home with me today. So it's, he's getting a Smiley Bone in the book. Even better. Oh, that looks awesome. Great. Uh, oh, it's Sam Tibbs. He's on watching now. That's Hi, Sam. Hey, all right, Sam. All right, Hi, Sam. Hey, Sam. Sorry about the lack of backing board, buddy. There you go. Makes it even better. So I you created this off to my lovely assistant, Vijay. <laughs> so let's president, let's president let's... Of, a, of an international publishing company, schlepping boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so keeping it on Netflix, you've had right. these characters in your head for what, 30 some years now, right? Yes. What actor? What actors do you hear besides yourself and Vijaya having a conversation when you were creating these books? Do you have any actors in your head that you're like, "That's got to be phony. That's got to be phone bone." I no, I never have. <laughs> and that's the truth. Uh, the, the one back in the early '80s when I was doing Bone as a comic strip in the Ohio State University Lantern, the student Lantern. newspaper. Yep. I pictured Danny DeVito 
who was very popular on Taxi at that time, yeah. as Phony Bone. But nobody else, I had, I've never heard anybody, I said, that's Phony Bone, or that's the dragon. I just never did. That's what awesome. do you guys think? Did you ever hear anybody? Go, Rob. <laughs> oh, wow. Put me on the spot. Um, I guess it's changed over the years, but I guess we could pick. I would have to, maybe like a um, a Kevin Hart as Pony or something. I, I kind of yeah. see some of the comedic wittiness. Um, will have to come back to me, Rich. What about you? Throw back <laughs> in your court. Jay, I just said Donald Trump would make a great Pony. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, you know, I think uh, Donald Trump patterned his persona after my comic book. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I don't know, dude. Like, I always, in my head, I always heard James Earl Jones, Darth Vader himself, is a great red dragon. I don't know why. Ooh. Ooh, I like it, though. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. And then uh, I think I said this on uh, your Comic-Con at home. Like, I always thought that Robin Williams would have made a great phony bone. Like, that would have been... Dynamic, because he just changes. Yeah. He just changes the way he speaks in like every one of your panels, and it would have been funny to see multiple personalities come through. Um, I don't know who who would play Thor. That is a good, that is a good one. God rest his soul. Well, I I like your pick for James Earl Jones. However, I do think Aww. Kevin Conroy. Nice, oh, nice. So this is for who's this for? Tom, Stephen, Stephen. Do you know? Yes. That? We don't have last names. Oh, sorry, Stephen. It's just Stephen. There you <laughs> go, Stephen. Enjoy. Just like Madonna, he goes by one name. Nice. <laughs> or Prince. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Drake. Stephen. It's Stephen. <laughs> All right. So, Jeff, I know we just talked about Netflix, but like, I remember when Rob and I were going to the Laughing Ogre a lot younger when we were waiting for your comic to come out. We could not wait. We couldn't wait for action figures to come out. We would, I swear to God, we would call Gib like every single week. So, uh, weekly, weekly, weekly. Yeah. Is bone out. Nope. Not yet. Are the action figures out? Nope. Not yet. Well, make sure they get in the poll. And (laughs) I just, I remember. He knew our voice. He's like the Wagner boys are calling again to see if the figures are in. But I remember Rob and I would have in our little comic club that was Rich, Rob, and Mark, we would talk about how Bone was going to be a movie someday. And I remember when, can you, can you discuss the, I guess, the heartache and the struggle and it's finally paid off where you're going to be able to do your work your way and, and be involved your way. Like, so what was the timeline? So you had, did you have like two movie deals and then something, and then now it's finally Netflix? The short version is, yeah, we, we the first movie deal was uh, with Nickelodeon and Paramount. Okay. Uh, Paramount owned Nickelodeon and, and MTV. And, um, and then, and that last, that, that was a short one. That lasted like two years because we realized that we were going different directions. After that, um, yeah, uh, we were with Sony. And I okay. don't think we ever actually signed a deal because we were with them for, well, it seemed like we were with them for almost a year. Uh, it couldn't have been that long. But then, but we never, we, we definitely knew we weren't going to work it out because they were like, oh, well, Thorne and Grandma Ben are the stars of the movie. So we're just going to have the bones be like sidekicks, like in a Disney film, <laughs> like, I guess like the gargoyles in Hunchback in Notre Dame or something like that. <laughs> Jeez. So, so we never even uh, signed that deal, but that, but they were hard to get rid of. Like, 
they they they, they wanted it. For it. Uh, and then the last one in 2008 was Warner Brothers, and they got into some bidding war with another company that I don't remember anymore because it was years ago, um, and made us an unbelievable offer. It was really good. Um, but unfortunately, again, um, things didn't quite work out. And they, they kept it for 10 years. Mm. Uh, and at the end of 10 years, if they didn't go to production, it, the rights would revert back to us. Uh, although with a lien on it, but we're, you know, they had to be paid back for most right. of the, a lot of the money they'd already spent on it. So that came back to us in 2018. And uh, we were not going to say anything to anybody because that, that was damn, that was 20 years. Uh, yeah. Really not fun. Yeah. So, uh, so we, we were not going to tell anybody. And then all of a sudden we got all these um, inquiries from streaming services. Yeah. Disney and Netflix is that. And, um, and Netflix really got it. They just got yeah. it. Uh, and of course, it takes a long time to negotiate and get everything ready. But, uh, so that's, that's, the, that's the short story without the, the crushing uh, blows. The crushing oh, details. But it's like that timeline, man, that's just insane. So I just think it's, you are the creator of this. It was in your head. And I just think it's super awesome that you, the creative, finally are going to get what you want, man. And that's like the biggest takeaway, I think. Yeah, it really doesn't happen overnight. You know, it takes time. But I'm just glad that uh, one of these other production houses didn't really just take it and make it against what you wanted it to be. Is the well, biggest. Uh, Warner Brothers could have. So as yeah. frustrating as it was for them to just, and they kind of locked me out of the process, to be honest. Wow. Um, they kept it for ten years, and had they made a movie, even they could have made a quickie shit movie. Yeah. put it on TV and they would have owned it forever. To their credit, they did not do that. I mean, I had, it was on the shelf collecting dust for 10 years, but they didn't, they didn't steal it from me. That's just, good. Everything happens for a reason, I guess. All right, so we got I a comment from uh, Cody. I read every book in elementary school and I started drawing the characters. I got in trouble for drawing Smiley with a cigar. Good job, now, Cody. I, me too. Hey, Cody. <laughs> Cody actually just reminded me of something. Thank you, Cody. So when I was in Spanish class, we had to, you know, pick a character you could draw because we were learning the parts of the body. And I picked Smiley and I couldn't do the cigar. So I switched it to a peppermint stick. I remember I'm like, she's not going to let me draw the cigar. So I guess I'll do a Stick. That's so, right, because we were learning the anatomy in Spanish, and then you had Spanish, to label. Yeah. You had to label all the parts of the body. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you did. You did phone bone, and I did smiley bone. Like, I... was there one part where you had a little? There was something missing. And you're like, What's here? <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Those guys don't get it. That's right. That's that's right. I don't see any nostrils or you know what's going on there. All right. So I just signed a book. Uh, it had no dedication asked for, but it was a copy of Bone Adventures, and they just wanted a thorn. So there's that. There's Beautiful. Thorn. Awesome. That's oh, nice. incredible. There's Ted. That counts as two characters. Yeah, we threw in a free Ted. Nice. <laughs> so I got to tell you, Jeff, I mean, you started off with, you know, CXC's going online, and obviously 2020 is a year we will not soon forget. But I will say, 
at least a silver lining for me is I had more opportunities to get my six-year-old to love bone. So we had bought like, you know, the scholastic, you know, color edition with like the first, I think it was like what, eight issues. And we had that for probably a good year. And I was like, all right, I think it's finally time we do this. So throughout this pandemic, I've ended up getting all of them, of course, from the Laughing Ogre. Um, and he just loves it. And I, one of the things oh, that I remember, he's now six. Yep, Jensen, he's a big, big fan now. And I always, I love that that's something he and I now can share. So he loved the story. And it reminded me growing up, because obviously Rich and I were primarily uh, superhero like genre. We loved it. Rich is Superman. I'm the Batman fan. And then bless Mark's heart. He's, you know, Marvel and all that stuff. But and it's anyway. taken me 20 years to kind of delve into the Batman now that I'm no. <laughs> He's he, he, he appreciates it in his maturing yes. years. Um, but I always loved knowing that bone was something else. Like there was something else besides the comic book stuff. And it was just a different, uh, experience for lack of a better word. So I really love collecting that right next to some of the comic book stuff, but it really helped me appreciate kind of the art form of comics a little bit more. And I just love that that is the story that my son now has to kind of jump into loving comic books as well. So I just wanted to fan geek out on you for a second and let you know that bone actually helped us cope with the pandemic somewhat. Hey, that's very cool. That's um, it's it's been a, it's been a strange experience, because uh, we Vijay and I started going to comic book shows in the very early nineties. Uh, the first San Diego I went to, I think, was in nineteen ninety two. Wow! And uh, it, the audience changed so much; it was just all gr- adult men. It was all guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. For years, Vijay used to joke that uh, at San Diego she'd go to the bathroom. And, you know, the whole bathroom is completely all to herself, except for Vampirilla, who is adjusting her costume. Wow. <laughs> That's completely changed now. I mean, now it's, um, it's families, it's kids, it's, it's women. It's, uh, I mean, the year I saw, it looked like two high school women had come, like, straight from school uh, to, uh, to the San Diego Con, and, and were just running around and laughing and having fun. And I said, this, something's changing. And I think, I think that uh, Bone and Sandman, Neil Gaiman and I, had a lot to do with that. Heck yeah! Uh, of course, yeah. movies, movies and manga too. But um, yeah, Neil Neil brought in uh, he uh, he liked all the teenage goth girls. Well, Neil, right? And I was I was the I was the first comic book that a lot of guys could get their uh, girlfriends or wives to read. So yeah, so I, I feel like Neil and I did our job getting. Uh, Getting a lot more readers by getting women in. Heck yeah. Scott Brown, Jeff, you know that name. That's Oh uh, yeah. So he says Elijah Wood as phone. That is a good pick. That's yes, a good. That is very good. He just did an animated thing. He did um Over the Garden Wall, which is one of my favorite things. You guys have any of you guys seen that? I no. have not. It was uh, uh, it was I don't think it was Cartoon Network. It was but it might have been on Hulu. Uh, you can you can watch it on Hulu anyway. Over the Garden Wall, it's brilliant. It's only eight episodes. 
Okay. It's very short, and but you when you get done, you won't believe it was only eight episodes because each episode is only like twelve minutes. You go on a huge journey, and the shades and colors of story and atmosphere you go through is astonishing. And Elijah was the voice of the main character, so that's a really good choice. That's a really good choice. Can't right. wait to see it. Okay, so I just did a one volume edition. With phone awesome. sitting on the cover, and he want he requested a phony bone. So there we go. Nice. nice. All right, phony bone. Okay, so tell me, t- tell me the story of the rock facing. Of the what? Of that of that particular picture. Oh, that or of that cover. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, bone takes place in a stylized and much enlarged version of the state park called Old Man's Cave. Uh, yes. About 30, 40 miles south of Columbus in mm-hmm. Hunting Hills. Yep. Not far from Ohio University in Athens. Um, and I grew up going there and just picturing, you know, the adventures of Robin Hood there or yeah. Lord of the Rings. And when I finally did Bone and committed to the big epic fantasy story, I decided that some element of that, and that's where Grandma's people. Uh, the the Jedi Knights of Bone, the, the, uh, mm-hmm. right. the Knights of the what are they? The, the Vedu? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just my. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, they uh, that that's where they trained and at all sorts of like mystical levels and story meetings at that place. That picture was you know we were starting to do the final collections of Bone and I needed to I wanted to do an original piece of art for the cover. And we found a beautiful boulder. And I said, let's take a picture of that. And I think Steve Hammaker, who uh, used to design our toys and colored, colored the bone. Yes. He took that picture. Uh, and then I then took the picture and I put it in, up on, next to me. And then I drew it and I inked it with wash. So it was and blacks, but I also would, you know, dip my pen in the ink and then dip my pen in the uh, water so I would get like a lighter, uh, more washed out color. It might be hard to see, but um, so it's no, very modulated. Not my, it's not my very dark, clear crystal or crisp lines. Anyway, then uh, Steve uh, scanned it and colored it. That's awesome. Yeah. So it, there's the original of this is a, is a almost like a inked, black and white watercolor, and then Steve added colors. And an uh, interesting story was that I could not find that rock again. It looks so iconic, right? It's just a big boulder with a tree right. coming out at the bottom of a cliff. And for years, I was like, where did we take that picture? Because we, Old Man's Cave is sort of like a gorge. You go in at one yep. end and you travel through it. If you've been there, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful beyond belief, especially in the fall. Yeah. I could not find that boulder. And then one day I went, oh my God, there it is. But we had flopped the photo. Ah. So it was reversed. And I was, so the whole time I was looking for it in the wrong direction. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Tom actually, uh, Tom Gott, who's, who we heard, talked to earlier, um, who now does my color. Uh, he actually took a picture of me sitting in that spot where phone mode is. He has it. Do you have that somewhere, Tom? That- yeah, it's at the office. Uh, I would have over to you now if I was there. All right, Tom, we had another question, right? 
Oh, yeah. Um, what guest or event are you most excited for next week at CXC? Ooh, that's a hard one. I tell Ooh. you what. That, you know what? That came from Kathleen. I'm not taking credit for that. That was loaded. Good question, Kathleen. <laughs> hey, Kat, is that, are you here, Kathleen? Yeah, she's on. She's on doing. Um, she's not on. I she's thought, in the I heard her. I thought I heard her voice. Okay. Uh, thank you, Kathleen. That is a very difficult question. Uh, we, I am, I'm actually interviewing three different guests that I'm super excited about. All of them. One's Ji Yang, who uh, an American-born Chinese, and he also has a new book out called Hoops, and they're both brilliant. He's got some real cartooning chops. Nice. Uh, and that I'm really looking forward to Gene. Uh, and then, and this, check this out. I'm going to be interviewing on Saturday at one o'clock. Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, the husband and wife team, easily, nice. easily the the it couple in comics. Everybody's favorite power couple, um, and they are the uh, people responsible for the current iteration of uh, Harley Quinn, and nice. all and all the movies are based on her work. Ooh. I've known them both for thirty years. Wow, we started out in indie comics together and. Uh, they're very fun. I like them a lot. That's going to be a great talk. One o'clock. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. Um, check the schedule. CartoonCrossroadsColumbus.org. Yeah, check saying. that out. Seriously. Good question, cool. Kathleen. I'm great also question. Forward. Well, I'm not done yet. I mean, this is okay. <laughs> two more. Two more. Give me two more. Although I'll stop just for a moment because Cody ordered uh, Bone Adventures, which I should talk about for a second yeah this is a new book that just came out in the middle of the pandemic and i don't it's kind of slipping below the radar um this is two kind of younger kid bone stories i did even the bones here are, are, are shown here as like little rascals or something uh but it's 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 like a it's a series it's two different stories of the bones um very simple easy to read uh, kid stories and there are a lot i had fun doing them uh, but I don't think too many people know about them. And this just came out, I think, at the beginning of summer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this was bought by Cody, and he wanted a drawing of Tony Bones. So if you're watching, Cody, whoops, I'm covering up your name. There's your phone. Awesome. Nice. So the other, let me go at least two more. I can go on all day about who I'm looking forward to next weekend. Because it is loaded with lectures on how to set up a business, how to do, oh, yeah. uh, how to how to how to do copyright law how to do all sorts of things uh there's great uh new people vijaya and i since the beginning since uh the first show in 2015 we have um supported we have funded uh, uh, an emerging cartoonist award called cxc emerging cartoonist and they and every year there's a there's a committee that gets together and finds a young artist who shows great promise, clearly understands the medium, yeah. and we think we'll do exciting work in the future. Uh, and this year, uh, we have picked one. Uh, Vijay and I uh, will present her with a novelty check. Uh, it's, it's no string attached. It's $7,500. Anything you want to do with it, if you want to pay bills, if you eat, um, what we want to do is we want to free you up to do more comics. That is awesome. Uh, so nice. That, Sweet. Very much looking forward to that. Nice. One more. Uh, there's this crazy thing on Friday during the, sort of like the, even though the show starts on Thursday, 
we have sort of like a keynote on Friday to kick off the weekend. And during that, uh, it's at the Billy Ireland. There's going to be behind the scenes tours. De behind it's behind the scenes, man. It's like going into like the Raiders of the Lost Ark, oh, wow. but with like Charles Schultz comics and Crazy Cat comics and Terry and the Pirates and Will Eisner, my comics, oh, Calvin yeah. and Hobbes, Bill Watershed comics are there. It, nice. it's, it's going to be exciting. But what we're going to do is we're going to do this like crazy game is sort of like a Pictionary, but we're not allowed to say call it Pictionary because that's copyrighted. Uh, but we're going to do like a Pictionary. Uh, where the audience will be able to guess and win prizes and, and pick. So if they see something that one of us does and gets it, they get a prize. Uh, awesome. And who's playing? Uh, myself, uh, Kate Beaton, uh, Keith Knight, who just has a new show on uh, Netflix, which Ben is amazing. Have you guys seen that? I have not. No. It's, called it's called Woke. It is hilarious and way too real. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's, who's the third person? Oh, no. But Jay, do you know? It's it's Kate Beaton, me, Keith, and ah, there's one more. You can look it up at Cartoon Crossroads. <laughs> Good plug. I love it. Nice. <laughs> I love the way you describe it. It's just, man, it's just a sense of community. It is. It is. Like, uh, for example, Kate Beaton and Keith Knight have, were guests in previous years, and they're not really, you know, big special guests, but... We called him up. We said, we want to do this like silly skit thing. We think it'll, it'll be fun. It'll have, so people can interact uh, instead of just being on a straight Zoom thing. Right. And uh, both, uh, both Keith and uh, Kate Beaton said, oh, absolutely. We'll do that. So, I, mean, I feel like it's sort of like Saturday Night Live would we'll, yeah, we'll come back for a quick skit, you know? Fabio, it says on the website. Fabio Moon. That's uh, the other one. How can I forget that? I was to say that's one heck of a name to forget there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's one of my favorite people. He's another person I'm looking forward to to see what's going on. So, since you're kind of getting into the community, Mark, I guess Jeff, can you say a little bit more about who are some of the artists that really inspired you starting out, and who are some of the artists that inspire you that are part of that community now? When I got started, I mean, when I was young, the, the artists that actually, you know, kind of affected my style. Uh, the two, the, there's three really, uh, Charles Schultz with Peanuts, and, and you can see that with uh, my style of pacing uh, and the, the expressions on the characters' faces. But also um, Walt Kelly, who's no longer with us, and most people probably don't know who Walt Kelly is, but he did a, a funny animal strip and trained in the Disney animation studio, so he drew really well and you would if you saw him you would know that's where I that's totally where I created my style he's who I'm trying to copy uh, and then the other one is Carl Barks who drew the Donald Duck uh, and created Uncle Scrooge who drew the Uncle Scrooge comics uh, in the 40s 50s and 60s and I was reading them they were reprinting them I, I didn't know his name because only Walt Disney got credit for general sure. comics and the animation and everything um, but they really formed how, how I thought about looking at things. All right, this was a copy of the new book, Bone Adventures. Uh, and it was for Ed and Lori. Okay, and you wanted a picture of Smiley Bone. There we go. Nice. Awesome. Okay, you don't have to say awesome every time again, but thank you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, it looks good to me. <laughs> um, but the, the people, then there were people who were my current um, 
they're they're more my peers and didn't really affect my style as much. Sure. But they were the people doing shit that amazed me, like mm-hmm. Frank Miller doing um, Dark Knight Returns, Iconic with Mouse. Um, that's that's about it. Um, well, no, there, so there are many, many more. Sandman, Neil Gaiman, he, he was started his book about two years. And these are guys that I was like, they are, they are not just doing, you know, a monthly issue of Spider-Man. Sure. Batman. They were doing stories that had a beginning and a middle and an end. And their voice as an author was very clearly present. Yeah. The mouse, especially, was breaking all sorts of rules. Um, but I, those, those were the guys that, made me say, I want to do this, and I want to do the big one. I want to do a comic book that starts with number one and ends, you know, 1,100 pages later, the length of like the Lord of the Rings or the Iliad of the Odyssey. And and I think you could do that. And I, it was when Frank Miller did that and and Miles, I said, both in 1986, by the way, when I was uh, in college doing Bone as a comic strip. I said, that's it. I can do the bone story I want to tell as a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've met them all and become pretty good friends with all of them. Wow. Uh, and it's yeah. wonderful. It's wonderful to meet your heroes and have yeah. them. Like and now you. call them your peers. Yeah. What? And now call them your peers. Yes. Uh, well, except for Sparky, Charles Schultz. I met him and I got along with him great. Vijay and I, would. we've had... We'd, had meals with him. We've visited him many times. He even one year he has a he owns a skating rink and <laughs> he invites like uh, three or four cartoonist couples to come sit at the corner of the ice rink. And so it's filled with people with his people in the stands. And then it's real ice skating. I mean, it's real. It's a real ice show. Snoopy comes out and uh, figure skating. skating. Yeah, and he's also really into hockey. So. One year he had Vijay Hyatt out and um, also uh, Sergio Aragones um, and a few other couples. And it was just, it was just like, yeah, it was just like three or four couples and the Schultzes sitting at the corner of the ice rink. And of course, all the skaters come right up to us and, and turn and go, and spray us with ice. That's a little uh, wet there. <laughs> but I, I never could quite get comfortable and call him Sparky. He insisted that you call him Sparky. That's his nickname. But I could never think of him as a peer. He, like, sir? He back to fuck, <laughs> sir. Sir, no, Charles, Charles M. Schultz, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I could not, I just couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't go there. I, can't, I actually can call him Sparky now that he's gone. I, I just couldn't do it to his yeah. face. I couldn't do it. Right. Something we actually touched on, I think, when we just had personally touched base with you is that, uh, you know, being from Columbus and the, uh, comic book community there in Columbus is that you knew Mark Gagan from Comic Connection. Yes, yes. Mark Gagan was was a, probably the first comic book store. Well, the first comic book store I got to know was the owner of Monkey's Retreat, Rosen. But the first one who I really connected with and started to hang out with was Mark Gagan. And he was great. He, he's the one who I had three issues out. And I, just, I still live in Columbus. And he, this is up in Tamarack Circle. That's right. Uh, and he was like, you know what? I did a signing at his store. I mean, he kind of took me under his wing a little bit because I, I, I felt like I knew how to do a comic, but I didn't know anything about promoting it. And he said, well, you need to go with me and this other comic book store guy. Oh, it was a comic book store in a, in, next, in a different town. And we're going to go 
to this retailer conference put on by Capital City Distribution in Wisconsin. And he says, you know, just get your comics, throw them in the trunk of the car, and we're all going to drive up there. And they were going as retailers. And what it is is a diamond, I mean, a DC and Marvel and Dark Horse all put on big dinners and like, you know, really wine and dine and show off right. for the retailers uh, and show them, here's what we're going to do in the next year. Here's some of the storylines to come. Here's some of the cold cast sculptures we're going to do. I remember one, uh, one of, I think it was the first one, the, this Capital City one. Uh, I actually was at a DC presentation because I didn't know anybody. Right. I didn't know any cartoonists. I didn't know any retailers. So I would go to these presentations and they, it was actually um, uh, Bruce Tim was doing a presentation. Oh, nice. Ah. We're going to do this new thing called the Batman. Batman the Animated, the animated Series. And they played <laughs> like the first 15 minutes of episode one, which was the man. Oh, and I'll tell nice. you what. That room of retailers turned into a group of nine-year-olds. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I can't believe that you didn't do that when I was nine. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, Mark Gagan took me there, and uh, again, I would—I just hung out. Uh, I did set up a table. I did register, and if you were a publisher, you could set up. I just had like an easel with some of my original art from the covers clipped to the easel. Nice. You know, but out in between breaks or anything, I didn't have anybody to hang out with. So I started hanging out in the lounge um, and I met all these retailers and I was just sitting around having beers with them and they'd ask me what I'm doing. And I didn't realize what I was talking with some of the tastemakers of comics at that time. Wow. Uh, a lot of them have passed on since then, like Roy Root, who had comic relief in Berkeley. Uh, Jim Hanley, I, I, he's long retired. He owned um, Jim Hanley's Universe in New York City. Nice. Uh, that's still there. Is that still there, Mark? Do you know? I don't think so, no. Yeah, he, he retired and I, it may not be there. But at the time, uh, and um, Chuck uh, Rosansky, who owned Mile High Comics, that's still there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. uh, that's so on Mark's here I am. List. And, uh, what happened was is all these important retailers, I didn't realize they were important, I was just shooting the shit with them. They started bringing all these, all their other buddies over to my table and saying, look at this kid's stuff. And, um, and I would draw pictures for them and they loved it. Wow. And I really learned to, um, I, I was networking and didn't even know it. Heck yeah. It's I, funny, when you mentioned him, I mean, I just, memories flooded black for me because he is the one who hired me because I would go into his store after school. Oh, gay and gay. He was, Yeah, he would say to me, put together some bags and boards for me. Nice. Um, and I was too young for him to pay me in money, so he would pay me in comic books, and that's how my collection started. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's many people who can share that uh, that, that that story. Yeah, and it's so funny because you mentioned Mile High Comics. I had my plane ticket was bought, my hotel was booked, and I had set an appointment to take a tour of Mile High Comics in March. But I couldn't go because of the pandemic. No, actually, it was in May. I'm sorry. Oh, this year? Yeah. yeah. I was uh, supposed to go in May. Everything was booked and ready to go, but I couldn't go because of the pandemic. Yep. Well, that's exactly what happened to me and Netflix. I was supposed to go. I was supposed to fly to L.A. Uh, April 1st. Mm. And I was going to meet all nope. the... I was going to meet all the guys doing all the big shows that are on uh, Cartoon Network and Netflix. They all... Many, many of them... I found out, or have since found out, we're big fans of Bone. And we were going to have this big dinner 
uh, introduced me to the LA TV animation crowd. I was so looking forward to that. And I was going to stay for like a month yeah, and get everything going. And then the pandemic hit and you couldn't go anywhere and everything shut down. This is the worst April Fool's joke ever. April 1st. It was terrible. It was bad. It still is. Um, we're, we're trying to catch up now, but, uh, it, we, it did put us behind quite a bit, but, um, it's really fun. I did, I did storyboard out the first episode. Awesome. Uh, we've had some great, great talks. I'm, I, I'm still hopeful. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, you guys can still, especially if they're fans, you know, and that's an exciting being, I would imagine being in that development phase. It's probably very exciting, especially if you have a passion and you're such a fan for Bone and you want to see it come to life. And this is the first time it's been, yeah. you know, so I think, I, I think you guys will be just fine. I think we are going to be fine. I just want this pandemic to be over so I can get the heck out there. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking to him over Zoom and stuff and the phone, but it's just not, not the same. same. No, not no. the same. So, Jeff, you mentioned a little bit about um, admiring the, the flow of the story from folks like Mr. Miller. Uh, we recently interviewed um, Paul Jenkins, and he talked a lot about the importance of storytelling and how that's kind of lacking. So one of, I'm going to, again, steal one of Rich's questions. Oh. Um, what is kind of your take on kind of comic books today when it comes to the creative process and storytelling? Well, if you're asking about Marvel and DC, I'm all not, the above. I'm not above. really plugged into that. I the last mainstream comic I wrote was uh, Marvel Two and One, where the Thing and the Human Torch were searching for uh, the rest of the Fantastic Four. And I don't even know how that ended. I only read like five of them. And I thought they were really well drawn. Uh, they were easy to follow. I, I didn't have a problem. To me, where comics is going uh, are the graphic novels. Yeah. Uh, the original graphic novels. People like Gene Yang, people like uh, Raina Telgemeier. I mean, not, some of them are uh, YA novels and others aren't. Yeah. Um, I think that's where, I think that's, that's what's interesting to me. And that's the kind of stuff I'm, I'm mostly reading. Uh, and I've just recently read a ton of it for for this for this uh, show. Oh, I, I did read a lot of Harley Quinn. I bet. Me and Amanda, <laughs> and uh, I, I there was a lot of story and a lot of personality in there that people just don't normally put in there. I mean, Harley Quinn yeah. is a strange character to write and a weird thing to make the Joker and girlfriend relatable, but she is. She's totally relatable, and she like yeah. mm-hmm. and she's crazy and. I, I I thought that was really good. So I saw a lot of story and personality in that. Do I have any idea what's going on with Captain Marvel or Spider-Man? I know. All right, here we go. We're we got we're probably getting to the end of our time here. But I got uh, first of all for Dries, if you're watching. I hope Ooh. I'm pronouncing that right. Nice. The King got. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, got here. Hold here. Open that up one more time. I put you on. The right. big one here. We got a king doc for you, Drew. Oh, nice. Take it straight. Lucky. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got one more thing that isn't isn't something that we were really selling, but this is for a, a, a neighbor of mine. But I thought it'd be fun to. I'm going to sign oh, it. Yeah. Him. I thought it'd be fun to do it. I'll share it to you. This was something on, that we created next year. Uh, 2021 is the 30th anniversary of. Home. 
Yes. Phone number one came out in July of 1991. Wow. I know you weren't even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for, the 20th, for the 20th anniversary, oh, you wow. came up with this giant box. Wow. And it was, uh, it was very fun. It was sort of like something that uh, you'd see like the Beatles would put out or something. Yeah. yeah. We, we love this thing. It was on the other side, I'll show you. Badass. Anyway, Very uh, cool. I'll open it up here. It has a little magnet. Oh, nice. Yeah, a little magnet that opens up. Dude. And when you first look in, there's a... That's great. This is like a, a print. It was limited to however many we did. I can't remember. Thousand or so, two thousand, and uh, so it was uh, it was an old concept art painting uh, that Steve uh, Steve colored and I I drew, and then um, over here I have to pull this out so I may as well do it. This is the book that we had overstock, but we remember we were doing the sign at Comic Con at home. Yep. Mm -hmm. Th that's what this was printed for, but we had a wow. bunch of extras, a lot of extras, and this is a full color hardcover book with uh, the four seasons. That's a bone spin in the valley on the spine. And uh, on the back is um, the image that is left behind in Athea when the bones leave. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a, just a beautiful color book. That's and great. And there's a bunch of other stuff. Like there's a miniature version of bone number one. There's a wow. DVD and color. Like there was a, somebody did a documentary on it about 10 years ago. And, um, but it's, got, it's like a cover gallery. Oh, that nice. Is awesome. and, then the, and then this last part is like, there's a little phony bone. <laughs> I love that. Phony bone gold coin that he, and then three pewter bone cousins. Sweet. That's yeah, a beautiful we really, box set. We just really, we went all out on that. And it's, our, be it's a beautiful box set. We put our, we put everything, we put our love and heart into it. It shows for sure. So you should be able to get that on cartoon books. No, 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 this, this is the twentieth, dude. Twentieth anniversary. So this yeah. this was a it's already thing. a decade old. It's it's a decade yeah, old. seriously. And I, they were like they retailed for like three fifty. Okay. Worth every penny. I think so. Right. I'm gonna let Vijay reassemble my box while I sign this. And you're about to sign it, so it's gonna go up thirty percent. <laughs> We also have the Flying Monkey comics and games in Delaware, Ohio, that is watching right now. And nice. they want to know Flying Monkey comics when the Get yeah. Rascal animated series is coming out. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, there is interest in Rassel, but as a live action. Oh hell so, yeah, dude! Yeah, it's yeah. I you never know. It's just in development right now. Well, I'm not gonna say anymore because those things can <clears throat> fall apart. Like you that. already know. <laughs> <laughs> I've done right. it many times, uh, but but there are some exciting possibilities there. Awesome. And who would you get to play that character, man? Now that I had an opinion on, but it'll never happen. Oh come on! I no. pictured the whole time there's two uh, actors who I was kind of picturing when I was drawing. Not trying to draw them per se, but they're just the way they act and those things. It was um, Mark Wahlberg and Brad Pitt. Oh. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Tom, what's your pick for that? <laughs> for Rassel? Out of those two? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Marky Mark uh, and Funky uh, Bunch. Yeah, but he might be too old. Well, now. well, Rassel's been out for a long time. Yeah. Actually, not that long. It's only been out like seven years. I like binge read that 
after I got the copies you got for me, and they, and I, I, I think Rob has them now. I and do. I'm we, enjoying them. We were, uh, we were collecting it at the Ogre, and then we kind of did our ebb and flow of not collecting for a while. You know, we all got married. We all got more. And got a house and a mortgage. And, and, and started having kids. So, yeah. No, I didn't want to say his name. All right. So, we'll share this. This is this year's poster for CXC. Wow. And it's kind of, it's a little complicated. But uh, no, it's cool. we've got there. Um, That's sweet. You can see that the space station actually spells CXC. Yes. That's yes. made out of the buildings. The CXC is, is an unusual festival in that it's held all around town. It's held in different parts of town. That is it's sweet. Two days, Thursday and Friday, on campus in the OSU campus area at the Wexner Center and the Billy Ireland Cartoon Library Museum. And then Saturday and Sunday, we shift to downtown where we have a, a comics expo uh, where tables and exhibitors are. And that's in the Metropolitan Library, which is within a stone's throw of the Columbus College of Art and Design yep, yep. and the Columbus Museum of Art. Uh, and all those people have, there's exhibits and activities going on. On a normal year, you would actually, you know, go right. to these places and stop and have some lunch and talk about comics on the way. This year, it's all going to be um, uh, virtual and online, but I still think the caliber of the guests and the events are going to be good. I think yeah. they're really good. So I hope everybody will uh, check us out, cartooncrossroadscolumbus.org. You can see the schedule, you can see the guests, and you can see a really good drawn version of this uh, poster. That is That's awesome. awesome. That's a very cool poster. That's done by Ben Tolls. Yeah, he, I, he might be my favorite poster yet, although last year's was pretty cool. I like that. They just take, keep going up a level, huh? Tom, do we have anything left from Facebook? No, I mean, the um, everything that Jeff talked about, Jersey uh, has posted in the comments. So people can look at the comments and click on the links for yes, everything thank you. Jeff talked about as far as Jimmy and Amanda, the reception, um, Gene Yang, Keynote, um, et cetera. And there are tons and tons of uh, what we call teach and talks, where mm -hmm. real cartoonists come, come on and will spend 45 minutes telling you, you know, how they, you know, the techniques of painting, or the techniques of lettering, of That's every sweet. aspect, every aspect of cartooning. Check that out. I know so many people really dig that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We also have something yeah. called, a, called the Discord channel. This is something I'm not that familiar with, but you guys might be. It's in a way, it's uh, it's like Twitter, but it's private. It's like a chat room. Okay. And the idea was we were hoping that um, people could at any time, because it's a live rolling discussion, could go there and talk to other people about things that are going on, or just you know comics in general. And um, and there are people like uh, Box Brown, Box Brown, uh, and Faith Aaron Hicks are just going to be popping in there and doing oh, nice. little things. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of interesting little places to go in and out. Uh, people should have, should have a good time. That's, all, that's great. That sounds awesome. So we have any more books to sign or is that it? I think, I think we, I think we got them and I we're, we're, we're about an hour. Do we want to do the rap? Do we, do we want to do the rapid fire? Yeah. Oh, this is the podcast, Rapid Fire. It's a hold on, hold on one second. Have I, need, some I need another one. Rob, why don't you kick off the Rapid Fire? Question. All right, I'll do the first uh, three here. So you just 
as quick as you want and as much detail as you want there, Jeff. So what is one of your favorite comic book movies? Um, the, I want to say the Tobey Maguire uh, second Spider-Man. Okay. okay. Nice. Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock. Yes. All right. What is your least favorite comic book movie? Mm. Superman 3. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is, that's a deep dive. Um, but of the current ones, uh, I wasn't I wasn't that crazy about uh, the first Nolan Batman film, Batman Begins. Batman I Begins. loved Dark Knight, but I wasn't crazy about the first one. It was too realistic, and yet he was he looked like a guy running around a subway train in a rubber bat suit. I, I, I believe was not suspended. <laughs> What is the last TV show that you binged? Uh, Woke by Keith Knight, okay. so who uh, is an amazing California uh, political cartoonist. He's been a guest of CXC. I'm doing uh, that Pictionary bit with him this time, and the show is fantastic. Check it out. I'll have to check that out. All right, Mark, you go with the next three there. If you weren't an artist, what would you be doing? I, I know exactly what I'd be doing. I'd, be, I'd either be working on a loading dock uh, or I'd be flipping burgers. For sure. I don't know. I think you'd make a killer uh, bartender. <laughs> well, yeah. well, I hope so. That would be good. <laughs> Favorite place to draw? Oh, in my studio. I have, a, I have a wonderful studio that I've spent 25 years making it just the way I want it. I love being there. I have, a, I have sound, the sound system set up the way I want it. I've got the light nice. the way I want it. I'm surrounded by my books, my comics, and my uh, Blu-rays. Love it. Very nice. And my music. Who would you like to work with? Oh, who would I like to work with? God, anybody, everybody. I mean, <laughs> if I could pick somebody, you know, that wasn't living, I would go Mobius. Um, yes. But uh, of the living, I'm just not gonna. I don't know. I'm mm. not gonna say. I'm not anybody. gonna pick one. All right, I get the lame questions. What's your favorite takeout, Jeff? <laughs> that's not. That's not. Lame. That's not lame. Sort your uh, support your local. Uh, Restaurant, bar, restaurant. Yeah, we're getting to know him. We have we have a, we have a couple that we really dig, but I think our favorite, mine of the jazz, is uh, there's a sushi place in the short north, which is you guys know the short north. It's yep. the, sort of the arch district uh, and restaurant district in Columbus, and there's a sushi place called 1126, and that's their address. They're 1126 North High Street. Nice. That's a really, really good solution. All right. This is one that I wanted to ask you uh, before. Uh, in what, what country or location that you haven't been that you know fans would like you to come to? Nice. Uh, that's a really good question. And there, I, there are a couple. Um, Israel is a big one. Awesome. Uh, Bones published been published in like 35 languages. And Israel is one of the recent, like the last few years, uh, and it's really taken off there. And we know the the guy who started publishing it. They started a comic book club there. Comic books weren't really like they are here. Um, and he's always said, if we came, we would have a really good time. Wow. Like, yeah, dude. All right. Favorite, favorite music. Wow. I think I need another <laughs> beer. Sorry. Favorite music artist. Favorite music artist. Uh, again, I, I, I can't narrow it down. I'm a huge Beatles fan. Nice. There we go. Almost obsessively so. Almost a day doesn't go by that I don't play some Beatles music. But then I really get into, uh, I'm really into Miles Davis. I really like um, Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Um, I, I'm blanking on the name of the guy I really want to say, but, I, but I, it doesn't matter. That's, that's three good ones. 
Tom Waits is a good one. I like him. Is that it for the rapid fire? Uh, no, so no. here's, here's <laughs> really? the last no. one. I'm ready, I'm ready, to, last one. I'm ready to close the. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> what would you tell someone, so this could be a child or an adult, that has never read Bone? How would you sell Ooh, it to sales them? sales pitch, yes. Nice. Mm. So you're the incognito guy walking into the comic store and ooh, mm. yeah, that's a good one. You having trouble getting the kid to sleep at night? Read him bone. <laughs> Knock him right out. <laughs> it's not Moby Dick, Jeff, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and you would get that joke if you if read, you read bone. bone. <laughs> All right. That's so fantastic. We always we end our, our show on a segment now that's called Who Would Win? So it's almost like a death match okay <laughs> so you got to get in the the creepy comic club basement here and and have right. the death match right. okay so we're going to do a special edition here straight up fantasy style today's who would win is who would win between smog from the hobbit's tail the dragon or the great red dragon from bone great red dragon why plead your case because <laughs> he's voiced by james Earl jones <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Rob, go. Well, That's one for Great Red Dragon. Yes, Great Red, Great Dragon. Red Dragon also is the son of the original queen of the dragons. Oh, yes. so that yeah, he's he royalty, mighty, mighty, mighty powerful. Yeah, in, in ways we don't even know. I think what he would do is he would light his cigar with smog's fire and then just take care of business <laughs> and eat him the, with a cigar in his mouth. I just think that, yeah, he Smog is too fixated on the gold and the greed and the great red dragon has too much love and love always conquers. That's right. So, That's boom. Right. All you need is love. All you need Mike is love. Mic drop. <laughs> what about you, Mark? I, I, I went with Smog. Oh, boom. I did. Always Sorry. gotta be Smog adversarial. Smog is such a villain. He's always so adversarial. <laughs> He's cocky, he's mean, he's like vindictive and overconfident and in Red Dragon, it he's not really a fighter at heart. He's not, but he's a good guy. Yes. He is the good guy. <laughs> a, and good will win. Yeah, that's right. He might have to he might need to pull some friends in to uh that's true. To, but he to, has to, friends. He has friends. He yes. has friends. He's got he has whole he's got grandma Ben and phone bone on his in his corner. So that's right. right. Oh my god, hold on a second. So you, I was trying to explain to my wife, Kim, which on this show is show quitter, Kim, that's her nickname. This, can you please tell these two guys the, your grandma Ben story and where you picked, how you developed that character? I, I this is like amazing. Where, uh, how I came up with it. Your inspiration for grandma Ben. Okay, like where you're, it all you're, your mic bleeped out for a split second. Yes. Um, uh, I, some girl I was dating in high school, she took me to her. A grandmother's farm in northeastern Ohio for Thanksgiving. Uh, and at one point we were walking, it, it was a real farm, it was a working farm. They had a steer. She had like 40 head of uh, steer uh, in, in pastures. And from where, so she was kind of, we weren't that far from the house, we were at the fence and she was, the grandma was pointing out, no, oh, there's the steer, there's the home. And one of them was got out and was going into the, the wrong area. And she's like, oh no. And she like climbs the fence. She's this little old granny and she's got like Adidas tennis shoes on. <laughs> and she vaults this fence and just takes off running. I swear my first thought was she's gonna have a heart attack. 
but she just went hauling up there and um, uh, ran up there, and I, that was it. The the cow race, cow race came from that. Uh, but the, I think the part that um, Rich likes is that uh, I didn't like this girlfriend's dad at all. Uh, his name was Ben. He didn't like me either. So when I when I so when I made up the character, um, I made. It, it looks like the grandma, except for the face. I stuck his face on. <laughs> so, that, so that's Ben's face on grandma. Wow. That's fantastic. That is awesome. All right. Well, I think we need to uh, thank the Laughing Ogre for kind of putting this on and organizing some of this stuff. Um, always willing to plug for Gib and the folks thank over you, there Chris. at the Ogre. Thank you, Gib. And of course, we want to thank you know, Jeff, for taking the time and um, looking forward to seeing CXC be successful even in the digital world. That's right. Next Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Check yes. it out. CartoonCrossroadsColumbus.org. All right. Rich, All right. anything else? Nope. I think that's that'll about do it. And we'll uh, wrap up the live stream. Thanks. Thanks for all you guys that ordered. Thanks for uh, checking and, us uh, out. Supported the event. We really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, so Jeff, I got to share. We finished your book uh, two nights with ago kids? with the kids, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, little Lexi, my my six year old, she, I look up to her. We're done, and then of course we read Coda the next night, but that didn't count. So we finished it, and I look at her, and she's crying. Oh, and I said, "What? What are you crying about? It was a good. That was good, wasn't it?" She was sad because Lucius died. And she was also sad because Foam Bone did not stay with Thorn. <laughs> so yeah. she, she, Most wanted, kids. she wanted me to tell you that. I'm like, all right. I, I'm you know, I've, <laughs> I've had so many, I, I, you know, I, I don't do it a lot, but I do, I talk, I actually do do a lot. I talk to like schools and talk to kids and stuff. And I get questions like, why do you like to scare kids? Why do you like to scare little kids? <laughs> or why do you like to make little kids cry? But that, that's not, not most. Most of the time, all the other kids laugh when somebody asks that. Um, yeah, uh, I'm. I, I think people are sad that Foam Bone didn't stay, but you guys know that that's how fantasy stories work. It's yep. it's there and back again. He had he has to go home. Yeah, uh, he has to go back. He has to go back home, and it's it's just a memory he'll have the rest of his life. More than that. The part that still to this day, every time I open up that book and I'm looking for something for social media, whatever, when I get to when Smiley says goodbye, see I'm yeah. choking up Art. When he says <laughs> goodbye to Marley, oh, that just does it for me, man. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just can't, I can't with that one. That moment, that moment caught me by surprise. I didn't really plan that that way. Uh, in the original script I had, and it, and it was supposed to be a little bear cub. It was not supposed to be a rat creature cub. Um, but I, just the cover of the comic book I did, it looked like it looked like a rat creature cub. Yeah. And I thought, I'm switching it right now. Because you have to do the cover before you do, like three months before you even start the comic. And so I switched it on the spot to a rat creature cub. And this bond between Smiley and Bartleby was not in the script. It was, and I actually, I was taken by it. It felt very real and genuine to me. And when they said goodbye, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. That one does it to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. Also, Bartleby wasn't meant to come back, but yeah. I brought him back. And then Bartleby wasn't meant to go back to Boneville. 
So yeah, Bartleby kind of like bossed me around a little bit. <laughs> oh my goodness, guys, it is so nice talking to you. It has been really fun. Absolutely. It's been a privilege. We really appreciate this, really. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll let you go drink some beer. <laughs> when this, I'm telling you, I know I said it last week when we did the promo, when uh, we're no longer in a pandemic, well, and, and Tom included, because apparently I have to check out his... Uh, yeah, dude, you got to come over. You need to sell cave. tickets, bro. Dude, you have um, no idea. That basement is... Rich, Rich has seen it. Oh, my God. I didn't want to leave. He, ha- he came over without Rob. But I mean, I really think, you know, it'd be nice to, to get He's a got a Batmobile bed in the basement, bro. I know. Wow. You told me. <laughs> yeah, Rich called me and told me about it. Uh, yeah, you guys got to come over here. He's, hey, 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 he slept in it, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's comfy. <laughs> it's comfy. Kids is stuff it? is much uh, better. Mm, I don't Batman's know about watching over me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was yes. going to say. We are definitely going to go. We are definitely, with this pandemic's over, we are definitely all going to go have some pizza and some beer. I'm down. And I look no, forward to seeing you. Mark, we'll get you in town. Rich, have you seen like all of his uh, Superman figures? I mean, there's like oh my God. every Superman figure you could imagine. I almost wanted to send my wife home and I was going to call an Uber so I could just. <laughs> 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 and just go, go down Tom, memory hey, lane there. You guys are more. You come over whenever you want to. I'm, I'm, I will take <laughs> you up home, on I'll that. Take Rob will definitely take you up on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, whenever you want. All right, Jeff. All right, guys. Be well, guys, Tom. Be well. Pleasure. Take care, guys. Be safe. Thanks, Bye. Guys. See you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. So that was one hell of an awesome episode. And want to give shouts out to Jeff Smith, his wife, Vijaya, and his buddy Tom. And Kathleen was on the chat. And thank you, Gib, and all the Laughing Ogre folks for letting us host on their Facebook page to host the show and do a live signing. It was really, really cool. So till next time, this is Rich. This is Mark. And this is Rob. I hope you guys enjoyed the live signing event. I think we're starting to get into a groove and make those uh, a good thing to watch and listen to. Um, We really love to get your feedback. It's uh, some questions or comments. If you want to like subscribe um, on your podcast app of choice. Um, As I often say, you have endless choices when it comes to podcasts, YouTube and all that stuff. So we really appreciate, you know, you taking the time to listen to that. Take care. Thank you for listening to this RMR production.